Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I recap the entire night that was AEW's All Out from this past Saturday. We give the thumbs up or the thumbs down. We also get the take of the nation. We go match by match what took place on Saturday, especially the Mad Hardy, Sammy Guevara. I have some interesting takes, especially Bully, our Hall of Famer has an in-depth, in-ring perspective of what took place on Saturday night. Plus, I was in the Thunderdome on Friday. I talked to exactly what happened as a part of the WWE Universe in the Thunderdome. And as always, on a Monday, I give my power rankings. I know Bully's going to love that. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. A lot of stuff that I read on on not just on social media from fans but even from a lot of the writers on the internet i talked about the length of the show and people were down on the length of the show also a lot of people saying it wasn't a newsworthy show which i i disagree and again i've been getting on social media bully i know you see it when i compliment the wwe i'm called the wwe mark when i i talk well about aew i'm called an aew mark this is just my honest opinion i thought it was a good show on saturday again not a home run but i thought they did a really good job so quickly i'm just going to go through the matches now a match that we thought was going to be a pre-show match and there was a lot of social media outcry that we don't want this to be a pre-show match so they put it on the main card, and then people are saying, boy, this was a match that they should have put on the pre-show. You can't, <laughs> like, you can't, I laughed reading, that, right? Am I right, Bully? You can't win. You can't win. And this was, and they said going in that this was going to be a cinematic match, and that's what we got. Big Swole and Britt Baker, tooth and nail match. Again, uh, props to Don Dockin for coming up to, with the name. But... I thought it was what it was. It was funny. You got the Carol Burnett Novocaine shot into the leg that used to get on the Carol Burnett show. And like, I thought it was fun, but it was what it was and probably should have been bully either for an AEW dynamite or for the pre-show on the pay-per-view. And then we kind of get into the meat of the matches. And this one got a lot of hate on, on social media. And I don't know why. And it was the young bucks against Luchasaurus and jungle boy. Now, Bully, I have said it on the air many, many times. I really don't connect with the Young Bucks. I, no disrespect to the Young Bucks. I think they're an exciting team, but they never really had – they a lot of sizzle and no steak, in my opinion, when it comes to the Young Bucks. I actually thought for the first time with the Young Bucks, you got some steak and not so much sizzle. So the Young Bucks, you saw some aggression with the Young Bucks. They were getting frustrated, so they were getting angry. They actually, you know, took out some of their aggressions on Marco's stunt. 
And probably more important than anything else, even though in a loss, they really built up Jungle Boy in a big way. I now look at Jungle Boy completely different after watching that match on Saturday. What was different about this match that had you invested? Uh, you've said many times you're not high on the Young Bucks, and that's fine. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. Yes. But this time, you were really into the match. Well, what was different about this match than all of the other Young Bucks match you watch? Because they, because it wasn't just spot for spot for spot, high spot, you know, a lot of smiles, just a match for fun. There was actually a bit of a story coming out of this. And you saw for the first time the Young Bucks actually get aggravated, get angry. And they're going up a team that's a fan favorite. This isn't like a heated rival. Like they were getting kind of frustrated at the fact that they could not get that win on Jungle Boy. And it took everything that they needed to do in order to make it happen. I liked it. You know, it wasn't just like a car crash or just a fun, exciting match. There was actually a little meat on the bone. So that's why I kind of like that match more than I did a normal Young Bucks match. And when it comes to the car crash type of match, I think I've been saying this for a long time. It might not happen in a day. It might not happen in a week, a month, or even a year. But eventually, a car crash style type of match becomes passe it it doesn't matter how high the high spot is how death defying the fall is how many super kicks how many this that eventually it gets old because all you're doing is responding to wrestling moves wrestling flips and physicality you're no longer respo uh, responding to the human beings to the athletes to the performers who are actually administering those holds moves and spots dusty 101 why did you pop so huge for a generic elbow well because with dusty it wasn't a generic elbow it was dusty Rhodes delivering the bionic elbow and why did it mean so much because it was dusty Rhodes doing a regular elbow that all of a sudden became bionic because it's dusty Rhodes. everything goes back to the character so those super kicks we will just take super kicks you know for you know as an example those super kicks can mean so much more if we're more emotionally invested in nick and matt and i think nick and matt can get there but as i always say it's going to take the right heels remember luke skywalker is just a punk ass bitch if it's not for darth vader Good needs evil all the time. Otherwise, baby faces are nobodies, nothing, zero, nada. It's those heels, and I've, and I've been saying this for years. The, the Bucks need those heels. And listen, now the Bucks are involved in a story, Bully, because like I said, like the Bucks was always like a crash and burn. And I'm not disrespecting the Young Bucks, but I made it clear that I just don't resonate with that style. But now after watching that match and even the pay-per-view, because there's a story obviously with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But, you know. You know, they did the double super kick on Jungle Boy, couldn't get the pin. Then, you know, they then they do the double knees, you know, the BTE trigger, and then they were able to get the pin. But like that may I thought they made Jungle Boy on that pay-per-view and it kind of got lost in the shuffle, but I thought they did a really, really good job with Jungle Boy. And I thought they did a good job of like having a little bit of a story coming out. All right, then we get into the casino battle royal for, you know, the number one contender for the AEW championship. 
and unfortunately, it's probably going to be remembered more about Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel got that Joker card. He came out. He went to the top rope, and he slipped off the top rope and fell. Not the way you want to make your you know debut with AEW. I feel bad. It was like a battle royal, and you know most battle royals are kind of hard to follow. There's a lot of action going on at one time. But I'm really intrigued coming out of that battle royal with Lance Archer winning. Lance Archer is somebody that we just had on the show last week. And I, I you know, listen, Lance Archer and John Moxley, I mean, that's a match I want, I, I want to see. So even though the battle royal may have been a little bit as battle royals can be from time to time, a little slow and a little bit of hard to, you know, see where the action is and everything else. I thought the outcome was something that's very appealing moving forward. No doubt. Right guy won. 100%. Archer coming out. Archer, in my opinion, has not been used in his wheelhouse in a while. Archer should, when you call yourself the murder hawk, Nobody should be standing after you plow through everybody. And the right guy went over. And I hope they can get back on track. Because when you have a champion like Moxley, okay, I want to see Moxley sell. I know Moxley can do all his stuff with his CZW-esque style matches and his toys and his boom. I know he can wrestle also. I know that John doesn't need all of the bells and whistles to work because he can have a great wrestling match that we're emotionally involved in because we genuinely like John Moxley. What's the number one reason we like John Moxley for, Dave? He's just, you know, probably just his attitude is I don't care, you know, he's... You know why we like him, Dave? He left the WWE. Yeah, I think for a lot of fans, that's probably the answer, Bully. It's me. He was able, just like Cody, to leave that kind of, in their eyes, the evil empire and make a success for himself on his own, on his own terms. So he comes on over and he's been beating it up a lot of people and getting all into all these death-defying matches and whatnot. We'll talk about the MJF match. I especially want to talk about the paradigm shift because this is kind of interesting to me. But Archer is the kind of guy that can just go in there from the minute the bell rings, just beat the shit out of Moxley. Like, you know, when, when you're having a, a match, you know, there's four aspects to a match. Shine, heat, comeback, finish. When I see Archer versus Moxley, I'm taking out the shine. There's no reason for Moxie to shine. You know what Moxie's shine is? His entrance. There's your shine. Bell rings, boom, right to the heat. Let Archer just decimate this guy where you're putting your hands on your head and you're like, oh my gosh, we've never seen him in this position before. You're, you're begging and pleading to see Moxley make that comeback. And when I say that comeback, I don't want to see moves. I want to see fists a-flying. I think they got themselves in a good position if they go immediately with Murderhawk and Moxley. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Matt Hardy getting the win, saving his AEW career, because if he lost, he would have to leave AEW. 
but it's going to be what happened before the ending of that match that people are going to be talking about and have been talking about all weekend long, Bully, and that is the fall that Matt took going through a table and hitting the back of his head on the hard concrete. And it seemed like he was out cold. They called for the end of the match. And three minutes later, the action continued and people were outraged on social media. Rebby Hardy, Matt's wife, was outraged and went to social media as well. And, and Bully, you're somebody that, you know, and you've talked about it on this show before with TLC4 where you kind of got knocked out and you continued the action and continued the match. Like, what What happened there? I mean, I, I, I can't tell because as a fan, I don't know what show and what's real. Turns out that Matt really did get hurt in that three-minute span where there was no action. It's from what Tony Khan said after the show. Tony Khan called for the bell and for the end of that match. They looked at him. They had a doctor take a look at him. They thought he was good to continue the match. And once the match was over, he went to the hospital you know, CT scan, MRI, concussion protocol, and everything was fine. And Tony Khan, enough saying that everything's fine with Matt, that you're going to see him Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. So I ask you, Bully, are the fans wrong? Like, wh- wh- what's what's going on here for what took place on Saturday? Dave, it's really hard to answer this question Um without looking at it from certain point of views, because there are so many questions. So what do you want to know specifically? Do you want to ask me a question in the heat of the moment during the show? Or do you want me to Monday morning quarterback this? Well, no, I don't, I don't want you to Monday morning quarterback. Cause I brought up TLC four. Now I know at TLC four, you know, you went on autopilot. You, you, you talked about Chris Jericho. You talked about hitting your head and you talked about how you were able to continue. To, you don't remember it, but you were able to continue that match. The first thing I thought of with Matt Hardy, once that bell rang, Sammy Guevara ran off. Matt got up and he did like, where's Guevara? I want to delete him. He was completely in character. So from what you dealt with at TLC Forum, from what we saw on Saturday, Do you see any kind of connection between the two? What I see is autopilot. And I know you're like, whoa, but he was right back in character. How bad could he have been? Oh, trust me, he was bad. All right. When you see him hit, first of all, you see his body go rigid. It's an unnatural uh, position for the body. He's extremely straightened out. Uh, now I start to watch for the movements that happen afterwards. And when you see Matt try to move in any way, shape or form, especially getting to his feet, his feet are not under him. He does not have his mechanical capacity to him. When you get when you get knocked out a concussion, and I know they said that he does not have a concussion and the way concussions are looked at, you know, It's very easy to say he doesn't have one a couple of days later, but in the moment right then and there, he could have had one. Um, 
he doesn't have he do, he doesn't have all of his motor skills. He's trying to get to his feet. He's fumbling around. Your brains immediately go crazy. Your, your brain crashes into your skull. All the fluid that protects your brain gets pushed to the side, and it's a head-on collision of soft tissue in your brain that's not supposed to ever touch anything and that hard skull, which is the hardest part on your body. As you know, Dave, you're pretty thick-headed. So, (laughs) you know, so now what happens is your brain immediately after that happens tries to repair itself, tries to repair itself. It tries to fire it back up. You know, like a scene, Dave, from a a car chase movie where the car won't start or any typical like horror movie, you know, the damsel jumps in the car. She goes to start it. The keys are not there. Well, where are they? They're in the, they're in the rear view. uh, They're in the sun visor. Nobody keeps their keys in the sun visor, but anyway, they're there. Car won't turn over. Car won't turn over. Car won't turn. And then all of a sudden, vroom, bang. That's what your brain is doing. It's trying to turn over. It's trying to turn over. It's trying to turn over. And then something clicks and it turns over. But when it turns over, that doesn't mean that engine is ready to be gunned. You try to gun that engine and it's going to clink. It's going to clunk because it needs a minute to warm up and get back on, you know, get back on track. And that's where like Matt losing his legs comes in where Matt, you know, stumbling all over the place comes in. His bell was wrong. His brains were scrambled. There's no doubt it's not one of those things where you got your bell rung and you can get get out to safety and get your wits about you. That's what happened with me. I was a Jericho gave me that bulldog off the ladder. My head went splat. I rolled out of the ring. There were enough people around me where you could forget about me. Nobody knew in that minute how out I was. I was able to roll, get my wits about me start that engine back up again and finish the match. How did I finish? I finished on complete autopilot, muscle memory, and with Chris barking orders in my ear. Go take this move. Go do this move. Go do this. Go do that. And if you go back and you watch TLC4 and you see me take all of these moves and hit all these moves, a backdrop on Jeff Hardy over the top rope through a table, uh, taking a Van Daminator, giving the Bubba Bomb to Christian off of a ladder. You're like... How could you possibly have a concussion? You're doing all these moves exactly the way it's supposed to be. And the answer is, I don't know. And the best thing I could say is autopilot. It's kind of like when, when they train Marines, you know, that, that you can do things in your sleep. You train so much for it and you know it so much, you know it so well that you could just go out there and do it. With Matt, the autopilot took a little longer, but his, the autopilot was through his mouth. Come back here, Sammy Guevara. I'm not done with you. I'm going to delete you. But meanwhile, he didn't have his legs up underneath him. He didn't have his motor skills. He was banged up. And I think the only thing that saved Matt Hardy, and and this is something so small, Dave, and I don't know if people can pick up on this. Matt Hardy did not go fall backwards completely straight. Matt bumps on an angle. And it's, it was reminiscent to me of when he took the bump at SummerSlam off the ladder through the two tables backwards. Matt stayed extremely straight on that move, but kept his head turned, not tucked. Last night, a little bit of the same thing. 
if you turn your body just the least bit, Dave, you're kind of going through on your shoulder, not all on your shoulders, but you're kind of leaning towards your shoulder, which takes your head and allows it to tuck just enough so you're not going straight back and getting that whiplash effect. Kind of like when a boxer gets knocked out, what happens? He's out on his feet, and then when he hits the mat, you see his head smack off the mat, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes the head smacking off the mat is what really does worse to the boxer than the shot to the jaw. I think just turning that half a centimeter helped Matt not get his brain scrambles a lot worse. Now, I mean, we saw the match stop. There was roughly about three minutes before the action picked up again and the match continued. They went right, I mean, bully, they went right to the finish, ended that match, and then Matt went off to the hospital. Uh, do you wish things went a different way? Did they, did they go the right direction? I mean, obviously a doctor checked Matt. Matt felt that he was fine enough to go. The doctor felt he was fine enough to go. I mean, you know, AEW is getting a lot of heat right now. Tony Gahan's getting a lot of heat right now. Uh, did they go, in your estimation, did they go the right way, the l right lengths on Saturday night? I'm only going to say yes, because according to the reports, according to Tony Khan, is that a doctor checked Matt out. Now, I was scratching my head, Dave, because I was like, man, he was only off or out of the shot for about two and a half to three minutes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm wondering, they said there was a concussion protocol test. Now, as somebody who's had to take concussion protocol tests, as somebody who understands what the NFL uh, concussion protocol test is, as somebody who understands that the WWE concussion protocol test is similar, if not exactly the same to the NFL's, I know that takes between 10 and 15 minutes for the test to be administered properly. We didn't have 10 or 15 minutes of Matt Hardy uh, being uh, out, did we? We had three tops. Three minutes. I'm not quite sure what type of percussion protocol test could be administered in three minutes. I'm not taking anything away from Dr. Sampson. I don't know what the test was. I, don't, I was not there. But if a legitimate doctor checked him out and said, okay, you're good to go back out there. Well, I guess that's on the doctor. Now, I don't know personally if I would have allowed him to go back out there, especially with what he had to do. We weren't asking Matt Hardy to just go back out there and hit a DDT and not have Kavara answer the 10 count. Because that's what we saw. We see them fight out of, the, out of the locker room. We see Matt hit a DDT of some sort, right? Yep, yep. And Kavara's down. Now, if that was the ending right then and there, all right, uh, okay, maybe I can get it. But you sent Matt Hardy back out there knowing that his brains are scrambled. Maybe he's not necessarily... Maybe he, maybe he passed the test, but just know he's still not right. You're going to send him back up there to climb that freaking scaffolding? Eh, I don't know about that one. I don't know if I can do that in good conscience. I don't know if I can take a guy like Matt Hardy and say, I know your brain's just coming. And listen, Matt's going like this. You know what Matt's saying to everybody? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yep, I know. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine is wrestler lingo for I'm really fucked up, 
But well, I, need I mean, to finish you never, that's why they always say you never listen to the athlete because the athlete's always going to say, I'm good. Like, put me in, coach. I'm good. Yeah. Now, Tony Khan tweeted this out yesterday. He said, An update on Matt Hardy. It's great news. Matt's okay. We sent him to the hospital as a precaution, and he passed the MRI and CT scans. He doesn't have a concussion, and he's being driven home now. Matt will be at Dynamite on Wednesday night to thank you and, and your amazing fans and the support, blah, blah, blah. So, but like Tony Khan, like from everything Tony Khan said, they took the proper precautions, no concussion. So, you know, maybe is it possible, Bully, it looked a lot worse on TV than it actually was uh i'm gonna say no it looked bad on tv i think he i think like i said the slight turning of the body saved him when he went through i think his head definitely hit but not as hard as it appeared to be but his motor skills were not there. His motor skills were not there on his punches when he was trying to get up, when he was trying to walk. Like, he was significantly out of it. I can, I can only go by what a doctor said. Because at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the doctor. Yes. You got a doctor there. And they, and here's the thing. They they stopped the match. The match was stopped. Like, it, you know, I mean, that's one thing that I definitely want to make clear to everyone that's listening. According to Tony Khan, he rang the bell. He's like, I, I want this match stopped. So, like, it's not like a, uh, a situation like we've seen before, like the hell on a cell between The Undertaker and Mick Foley, or even the situation that you were in as far as, like, the match was continuing and things were happening. Like, that match was stopped. They went to the commentators, and for, you know, three minutes, that match, for all intents and purposes, was over. And, and there's a part of me that thinks it should have remained over. And, it, and the reason I say that is because what Matt Hardy had to go out and do. Climbing that scaffolding, to me, mm. would be a little dangerous. Okay, he doesn't have a concussion. That's what the doctor said. But we can agree that his brains are scrambled pretty bad at that moment. And it now we're going to go... Way. And now we're going to go have him climb, climb some trussing? Just so we could push Sammy off? Like... The climbing of the trust, that could have been a disaster in itself. He could have lost his bearings when he was climbing. Here's, this is where the Monday morning quarterback is, is going to kick in. In the heat of the moment, if you have a concussion protocol doctor there and the doctor administers a three-minute test, because that's all it could have been, because Matt was only gone for about three minutes, and he administered some kind of three-minute uh, speedy quick check uh, uh, concussion test, and he passed, the doctor made the call, just like a doctor can make a call in a boxing match to the, well, allow the boxer to continue. I'm not sure I would have made the same call in the heat of the moment, because I saw too many things that led me to believe that Matt's motor skills were off and he could be a danger to himself and the other guy that he was out there with. Every moment, 
LeBron backwards to KCP, right back to LeBron. Bounce pass, Anthony Davis, slam dunk. A perfect pass from LeBron to AD. Every series. LeBron has, has reserved that mindset that he's not going to win a title if Anthony Davis is not playing at a high level. We're talking about Lakers, Trailblazers, and all the 2020 NBA playoff series every morning on Sirius XM NBA Radio, Sirius 207, XM 86, and however you stream in the house. I uh, got into the Thunderdome on Friday. You signed up for it? Signed up for it, got in. Um, now, I didn't stay the whole show. I just wanted to kind of get a gist of what the, what? Why are you like? <laughs> I didn't stay for the whole show. No, I mean, I watched the whole show, but I didn't stay in the Thunderdome for the whole show because I just kind of wanted to, you know, get uh, what the experience is like. So, you know, I signed up. Thanks. You know, Mark actually, you know, got me the link, Mark Henry. And you, you get in like 630 Eastern is when you got to like go into the, thun, you know, they, they, they give you a link. And then you got to pat, pat down. You got a cavity search when you go into thunder. <laughs> their version of it. No, for like 30 minutes, you watch like they have like a lot of like WWE commercials for things that are on the network, like the page movie, all this other type of stuff. And then about five minutes before 205 live starts, they do a, you know, they do 205 live. And about five minutes before that starts, they kind of give you the lowdown. Like, hey, you know, uh, you know. Try not to use any signs unless it's, you know, show related. Makes sense. No vulgar, you know, no vulgar, obscene gestures or anything like that. Let's keep it clean and be animated. You never know when we're going to go to you. So, you know, be as animated and as loud as possible. You know, nothing that I thought was anything objectionable at all. As a matter of fact, pretty on par of what. Uh, I thought they would probably say before going into the Thunderdome. Then the show starts. And what they do is like during commercial, they'll say, all right, guy, all right, WWE Universe, we got about 30 seconds. Let's start getting loud. Let's start, you know, we're going to be on TV. You know, let's get animated. They'll even say, hey, there's a lot of you that are in a dark room. Let's try to get some overhead lighting there so we can see you, so we can see your faces. Come on, let's get animated. Let's get loud. Here we go. Coming back in 10 seconds. Come on, universe. Let's get here. You're going to be live on 205 Live. I mean, pretty much, you know, what you would expect, correct? Because the reason why I wanted to experience this, a lot of people said that there's people coaching you on what to do and what to say and how, who to cheer for. Then, like, you get into the show. So, like, just for an example, you know, Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman come out at the, at the start of SmackDown. They'll say, there's somebody saying to you, hey, you know what? Here come Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. L guys, what do you think of Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns? Show us how you feel about Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. Sasha Banks and Bailey come out. Hey, here comes your former, you know, tag team champions. Tell us what you think of Sasha and Bailey. Here comes Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Here are your tag team champions. All right, WWE Universe, how do you feel about Sasha? Let us know how you feel. Not once during that whole experience. Now, I was a part of it now for two hours because it was an hour of 205 Live and it was an hour of SmackDown is what I did. It's two full hours. Not once. During that whole time that they say, all right, you know, here comes Big E. 
Cheer, everybody cheer. Cheer for Big E. Here, you know, here comes your uh, universal champion. Come on, Roman's a heel. Boo, boo Roman. I want to hear those boo birds fly. That never happened during the experience. So if you're seeing on social media that they're coaching you on how to feel, that did not happen. Now, did they coach you to be excited? Hey, you're going to be on TV, be animated. Yes. Did they say, hey, you know, if you're going to have a sign, let's have it for the show. Can totally understand that. And listen, I love seeing those LaGreca heads. Those LaGreca heads are awesome. The Hydras are awesome. Sneak those babies in. But I can understand them saying, hey, if you're going to have a sign, let's have it be to whatever wrestler is going to appear on the show. And listen, obviously it's TV, and I can understand them saying, hey, no obscene gestures, no, you know, no middle fingers. Let's keep it clean for TV. I have no problem. But I, I will say for the two hours that I was in that Thunderdome bully, they never told me who to boo and who to cheer. There you go. First hand account. But a lot of people have been burying WWE saying, oh, they're telling me who to, to boo for this one, cheer for this one. Nope. Ain't happening, kids. You're getting a first hand account from Dave LaGreca. No. There now, to me, to me you, that's gospel. And you want to be animated. You're on TV. So they're come on, they'll say, come on, guys. And they'll say, like, you go to commercial. Hey, that segment, you guys were really animated. Good, good job. Let's keep the energy going. Let's keep the energy going. And you could tell that there were some, maybe some lulls. And there were, they were saying, come on, guys. Let's, get the, let's keep the energy up. I see plenty of people in that Thunderdome who are just like a bump on a log. They just yeah. sit there. Some are doing their best job of the hut pose. Yeah, and I've seen it too. And I'm being animated. I'm like, come on, put me on TV. And then I realize I got a Cody head behind me. Probably should take the Cody head down, but I'm not changing my studio for anyone. But you know what? They didn't go to me. Maybe that was the reason they didn't go to me. Or maybe, you know, maybe the lighting wasn't good in my room. They were saying like, you know, hey, this was that night, you know, it's extremely dark in this room. I don't have an overhead light. And they were saying, hey, you know, people who overhead lights on, let's put those lights on. It's getting kind of dark i might have been one of those people that maybe my room was just a little bit too dim lit and they didn't go to me they didn't they didn't explain they didn't have to explain but i could understand them wanting to keep those energy levels up for tv were you able to like communicate or chat with anybody else that was on screen like did they have a chat room for all the people that were in the thunderdome or anything like that no, and okay. they didn't, but they did a good job. Like I said, before 205 Live, they had like a couple commercials for the Page movie. They had the Undertaker commercial for his, you know, for the series on the network. So I thought they did a good job of keeping you entertained in that like 30 minutes before 205 Live came on. And they even had some exclusive uh, promos just for the people that were in the Thunderdome. Like Jeff Hardy came out and was like, yeah, you're going to see me on TV in a little bit. Just want to say, you know, thanks to everybody in the Thunderdome. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for being animated. Thanks for s- supporting me and SmackDown. I thought that was kind of cool too, because that was exclusive just for people that were in the Thunderdome. And there is your subliminal cheer for me. And they should take more advantage of that. That's like a, that's almost like a. Remember when they used to do it back in the day? They market specific promos, like, "Hey, this is Bully Ray. I'm coming to Scranton, PA. Blah blah blah. I'm a bad yeah. guy, and I'm you know tell you suck." Or, "Hey, this is Bully Ray. I'm coming to Scranton, PA. Can't wait to see all you people. It's gonna be a great time." Ra ra ra. Sis boom ba. Ugh, that sucked. Anyway, so like having a having like Jeff Hardy coming on. 
and saying, hey, it's Jeff Hardy. I really appreciate you being here, blah, 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 blah. Now, when you see him later, you want to cheer for Jeff Hardy. So that's basically the WWE telling you who to cheer for and who to boo for with a very specific type of promo directly at the Thunderdome. And that's a creative way of doing it. And that's smart, especially if like they turn the camera on and you have somebody who's a heel and, and, and you know, they're like, you know, three, two, one, go. And you're like, oh, do I really have to do this? Do I really have to talk to the people in the Thunderdome? Why would I want to do it? A bunch of schmucks sitting at home and I got to sit here and talk to them. I don't want to talk to them. Screw them. When, when I come out, I hope that none of these people right here, right now are actually in the Thunderdome. And now when yeah, you come out, they're going to want to boo you. And that's fine. I mean, we, like you said, we've seen that played out differently. And, you know, I think it's kind of cool. They even made it clear in the email, you know, Hey, you want, you want to do it again? You can, you can, you know, there's no like limit on how many times you can do it. Listen, I think the WWE is smart doing this way. Listen, I was even having this conversation with Mark. If they wanted to, they could probably charge people. I'm sure people would probably pay to do that. Hey, you know what? I'll be able to see some exclusive footage. I feel like I'm a part of something. I can get myself on TV because bully, you know, damn well. There's been a lot of people that just go to a Raw and SmackDown so they can get, get themselves, themselves shown on TV. They're like, ah, look at me. Ah, you know, I'm on TV. Like, you could do that here. Now, you would, you know, you would I, do that. You would do yeah, that. I'm on TV. I'd show my own fat head. Now, now, I didn't get, I, it's, I thought it was funny. I didn't get on TV on Friday. But my fathead get on TV, and that wasn't me. That was, you know, a member of the Busted Open Nation. I got the fathead, LaGreca fathead on TV, though. I thought that was funny that my cardboard head is actually gets on TV, but my actual real live noggin can't get on TV. But that's a story for another day. But I had a very pleasant experience. It's there on the laptop. You get a little coach. I thought it was a lot of fun. I had a good time doing it. It's great that you had a good time. Now maybe we got to get you down on a plane or maybe in a car, get you down to Florida and get you at, uh, get you at an AEW show. Yeah, it's, I, you know, listen, especially in the fall when it's not like 99 degrees and 100% humidity. It's brutal. I, I have the to life say, out of you. Bully, I have to tell you this. Now that I've moved to the mountains and I'm like in the middle of the woods, like I, 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 I've become th- uh, such a homebody now. I, I don't want to leave the house. Like my wife will be like, I go to the oh, No. I'm yeah, your grocery store is like 20 minutes away from you. Yeah. Like I don't want to go anywhere. I don't uh, want to leave the house. I'm like, uh, really? I don't, know. I, I don't, I don't go nowhere. I, I, everything I need is right here. There's no need. I got bears out. I got, I know why go to the zoo. I got a zoo right outside my window. Me too. I understand. I'm hoping like a giraffe comes by one day. Hi, this is Adam Shine, host of Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio. The Adam Shine podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting opinions every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all of sports. We talk to celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine podcast, new episodes every Tuesday. You can listen to the podcast anytime on the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and Stitcher. Spoiler alert that all my rankings were from this past weekend, both on Friday and Saturday. And as we always do, you start with number five. And at number five, you go back to the Casino Battle Royale that we saw from AEW All Out. Eddie Whoa. kicks it off! Damn it. Yeah. Lance Hart wins it. Your murder, Hawk, 
That's right. The murder hawk, Lance Archer. Listen, Bully, he has terrible taste in pizza. He actually tweeted out that he had like a victory pizza in my honor. And you could tell it was from fucking Pizza Hut. Like, if you're having if you're having a victory pizza and it's from Pizza Hut, then there's problems there. Though there is no problems with what that man is doing in the ring. And now the number one contender for the AEW World Championship, Lance Archer, at number five. At number four, a champion that we did see defend the title on Saturday. That's right. John Moxley at number four after beating MJF in what I thought was a fantastic match from Saturday night. Speaking, Bully, of fantastic matches, I think we got one at number three. Karshina, oh, the Tomashi covers one, two, three. The winner of this match and still AEW Women's World Champion, Hikaru. All right. You always preach this on the show, Bully, about somebody who went over and somebody who got over. Sheeta definitely went over and defended that AEW Women's Championship. But Thunder Rosa got over in that match on Saturday. So I have that match, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa at number three. What most people are saying, Bully, was the match of the night at All Out. Now, since Justin Roberts... Throat is getting a little bit sore being in, you know, announcing my number five, my number four, and number three. Why don't we go in a different direction for my number two? Uso with a frog splash covered by Uso. Jay Uso wins. Who would have thought? They would have seen this coming at the beginning of SmackDown. Who would have thought, even when he got put in to the match on Friday, that we would be talking about Jay Uso being the number one contender for a championship? But here we are. We're saying it. Jay Uso challenging Roman Reigns for that Universal Championship at Clash of Champions. And it's interesting now because it's going to be a nice argument to see who is the biggest champion. A lot of times we say it's whoever's the champion champion on Monday Night Raw, but with Roman Reigns holding that Universal Championship on SmackDown, you have two strong champions in Drew McIntyre on Raw and Roman Reigns, your Universal Champion on SmackDown. And at number one, and this could be controversial, but bear with me, my number one comes from All Out on Saturday. Looking forward to getting the spike pile driver. Cover one, two, three, watch! We got new champions. We got new champions. We got new tag team champions with AEW, and that is FTR. So my power rankings for this week, Bully, at number five, Lance Archer. At number four, John Moxley. At number three, Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. At number two, Jay Uso. And at number one, FTR, your new AEW World Tag Team Champions. <clears throat> the people on your list are good. Your order's wrong, though. And, and, and this is like, I don't know how you make this mistake all the time 
wait a second, wait a second, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, what you're, what you should say, what would be the polite thing to say is, Dave, you got the right wrestlers on your power rankings. Really good job. But in my opinion, the order is wrong. For you to just come out and say you're wrong, in your opinion, my order's wrong. So please continue, sir. Dave, I like the people that you have on your list, but you're wrong. And not in my opinion. I guarantee you in the nation's opinion, too. How can you put Jimmy Uso's win, which is a big win, over Moxley retaining his championship in the main event of All Out? Right, Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, doesn't matter. Uso. <laughs> Uso number two. He's clearly up until Friday, he was he was clearly how, Uso number two. How is Jay Uso's win that much more credible than John Moxley's title defense in a main event of a pay-per-view? Bully, because most people would say that John Moxley was going to beat MJF. Nobody saw Jay Uso no, no, winning no. that match on Friday. And he deserves to be on the list, not at two. He deserves to be at four. You want to give FTR the one spot? They won the tag team championships? Good. The, 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 the most important championship in AEW is the World Heavyweight Championship. It was defended he by cheated. John Moxley. He cheated. It was he defended was by John Moxley. Moxley belongs at two. Uso should be at four. And then you pulled another one of those shenanigans where if I would have did it, you would have bitched and moaned. Who's at number three? Oh, Sheet is at number three, but we got to put Thunder Rosa on there too because I've been sweating Thunder Rosa now for like three months. I, well, it's been longer than that. It's yeah, probably, well, uh, yeah, if I try to do that, you'd be screaming at the top of your lungs. Well, I gave you credit for that. It's the whole went over, got over scenario. We had that with the number three spot with Sheeta and Thunder Rosa. What I'm saying is you recently started to pull this little trick because you saw me do it before. When I did it, it was credible. Now it's just you copying and trying to pull a little trick because you're like, well, I really like Thunder Rosa and I want to give her a spot and give her some credit, but how am I going to do it if Sheeta really beat her? What are most? Are, well, let me ask you this, boy. Honest to God, forget about the rankings for a second. Are did we have anybody call in and say that that match was the best match of the night? Sheeta did an awesome. No, nope. everybody's talking about Thunder Rosa coming nope. out of that. Match. Agreed. Then you know what I would have done. I, if I was you, I would have had a set, and I would have said, despite the fact that Sheeta won, I thought it was a more powerful performance by Thunder Rosa. I'm putting her at three by herself. You would have killed me if I did that. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Roll the bones, brother. Roll the bones. I love her. Roll the bones. At least that would have been standing on your two feet and taking a stand for it and saying, nah, damn it, I'm putting the girl who got over. Or what you could have did is you could have put her at five and moved everybody around a little bit. Could have, didn't though. Yep, didn't. And this is why your <laughs> rankings have the right names in the wrong order. Not my opinion, it's a fact. Do you agree with FTR at number one? Yes, they won the tag team championships. Lance Archer at five? Yes, he won a battle royal. 
But you could you 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 could put uh you could put Uso down at five and bump Archer up. The Uso victory is a big victory for him, and yes, he never saw it coming. But I'd say it's on par with the Archer victory in the Battle Royal. Yes, you're winning big matches, but all of the other matches had more implications. Tag team championships, women's championships, AEW heavyweight championships. And that's why they get bumped up. See, now what you should be doing is saying, thank you, Bully, for agreeing with the people that I have on my list. Well, I, well, first of all, I shouldn't thank you. You should be saying, good job, Dave, because what a wonderful array of talent you put on your power rankings. That's why I said I agree with the people on yeah, your it's list. The way, it's, I your paid you. it's the way you it's the way. No, no, oh, oh, you, you, you need to be coddled. I don't know how to be coddled. You're just, you're just very... You know, I said that I agree with the names on the list, but what you need to hear is, good job, oh, Dave. good job, Dave. Good job, Dave. That's all. No, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing. A little attaboy. Uh, yeah, you constantly need fluffing up. Constantly. Eight seven. That's what we need on the show. A fluffer? A fluffer. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.